Well, pick up any newspaper today, and it will be filled with news pertaining to marital woes, corruption of our financial systems, suffering, and pain. This is just every single page of our paper. And there's one story in particular that has shocked the conscience, I think, of many of us, that of Jeffrey Epstein, and don't worry, I have no intention to go into any details of that story. I realize that there's children here in our service. But this is a man who began his career, actually, as a high school teacher. And he left in order to go into banking, and then after that, he went into financial consulting, where he had tremendous financial success. He generated a huge, huge fortune. But this is a man who used his fortune uh, to build a kingdom, a horrid kingdom of exploitation, abuse, and violence. And here in this person, we have an example of just how quickly somebody can change uh, from one moment being a mentor and a leader of others uh, to someone who is full of corruption, a, a completely vile human being. And these newspapers, our newspapers, as I said, are always repeating similar stories of marriage gone wrong, money that corrupts, abuses of power, and extreme suffering. But the Bible is not afraid to touch on these subjects either. It's not just the, the newspaper that talks about these things, but our holy scriptures do not hesitate to talk about these things. In fact, we find many of these same subjects in our passage from Hebrews this morning as well. It touches on marriage. It touches on money. It touches on power. It touches on suffering. But rather than seeing corruption and hoarding in this, we see the presence of sibling love. We see open arms here. Rather than seeing an unchecked human heart, we see the human heart being transformed and strengthened by grace. At the center of this community of love stands the crucified Messiah, the unchanging one, the immutable, our rock and our foundation, Jesus Christ. Now, we don't have any historical evidence that verse 8 is an ancient hymn, but it's written in such elegance, such beauty, such clarity that scholars have often wondered, is this a part of some of the early church's music? Maybe this was a common refrain that they said to one another as they're passing by, encouraging one another. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we're going to be spending some time looking at this passage, at this verse. And at the centerpiece of this passage is this verse. So we're going to be looking at this, and then we're going to see how this verse ripples through the rest of the passage, how it affects everything. So what does verse 8 mean? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, to be totally honest, when I hear the word same, I kind of tune out. I think, yeah, oh, same. That's boring, you know? Like, if you ask somebody, how's your, how's your week been? And they say, same old, same old. That's kind of a cue for you to stop asking questions, you know? Like, they're kind of done telling you about uh, what's going on. Or if I ask my kids, hey, what movie are we going to watch? And they say the same thing, Ice Age. I'm like, no, not again, <laughs> you know? And I want to go running back upstairs, also, when, it says, when the Bible says that Jesus is the same, this is not a math formula. 
This is not the same thing as saying that the, the acceleration of gravity at sea level is 9.8 uh, 9.8 meters per second, that's, that's not the same thing. This isn't a boring story. This isn't a cold doctrine that we're supposed to memorize in the event of a pop quiz. No, when the scriptures tell us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, this is dynamic. There is a story involved here. Because what the author means is that the character of Jesus Christ is reliable. Specifically, it's his love for you. That never changes. The book of Lamentations says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And the psalmist says repeatedly all over, The Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. And then James, the brother of Jesus, says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change. His love for you never changes. In fact, even in today's passage, the writer of Hebrews quotes God as saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then Jesus himself says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And I have called you my friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So when our passage says that Jesus is the same, this is what it means. His love never fades. It never dwindles. It doesn't go away. But that's not the fullness of this verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. So in uh, college, I remember having this theological epiphany. I was a relatively new Christian at this point. And I I knew enough of the Gospels to know that Jesus equates himself with God. Uh, he, He does this repeatedly through his stories and through things that he says. Especially in John's gospel, when Jesus says repeatedly, I am, which is the name of God. And as you could imagine, this would make the religious leaders completely irate and would eventually lead to him being killed. But for some reason, I never took that idea that Jesus is God and rewound that and applied it to the Old Testament. You know, it was until a professor kind of pointed that out to me that it was Jesus in the burning bush speaking to Moses. It was Jesus who led the people through the wilderness as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It was Jesus who stood by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And the list can go on and on and on again and again. You see, Jesus was not a different, when Jesus came incarnate in the flesh, he is not a different revelation of who God is. And I like how N.T. Wright says this. Rather, Jesus is a fresh revelation of, of the same God. It's kind of like you're meeting someone who, up until this point, you'd already corresponded with them through letters and the occasional phone call. Well, now we get to see Jesus. We get to hear God. We get to see how God acts. And it's consistent. Jesus encourages the prophets. He protects and and gathers the weak. He comforts the downtrodden. You see, the same Lord who we see walking throughout the Gospels is the same God of the Old Testament, faithfully loving his people. Jesus is the same yesterday. Jesus is also the same today. So I have a friend, his name is Travis, and he's a tattoo artist. Uh, I do not have any tattoos yet. Uh, I've been thinking about that this week, though. Don't tell my wife. (laughs) That's another conversation. But anyway, so Travis became a Christian. He loves Jesus. In fact, right now, in his tattoo parlor, he's holding church. 
He has church in his tattoo parlor. We think a community center is pretty sweet. Like, how about meeting in a tattoo parlor, right? I don't know what uh, guests would get as, as a free gift on their way out of that church. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Travis is always sharing Jesus with people who sit in his chair as he's poking them with needles. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that he says to them, one of the questions that he asks them is, have you ever seen a ghost? And surprisingly, a lot of people actually say yes. I don't know if that's the nature of his clientele, but a lot of people say yes, and they tell him some really crazy stories. So then eventually, when he talks about his love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the people seem to think that that's kind of weird, he says, well, you think you've seen a ghost. How weird is it that I think that somebody who walked this earth 2,000 years ago actually sits in heaven today, who actually intercedes for me today? You believe in this supernatural stuff. This is what I believe. I believe in the Christ who is alive and seated in heaven now. A man rose from the dead, and he speaks to us through his word. He nourishes us through his holy table. Just like he did then, he does so now. Jesus is the same today. But Jesus is also the same forever. Now, I know that I have not been to forever. I don't think you have yet been to forever. But the Lord Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit. He has filled us with his faith. And now, even now, we see that he is the one who heals the sick. He is the one who comforts the lonely. He is the one who fills us with his own spirit and guides us through difficult times. Even though we see through, the cloud, uh, see through a glass dimly now, through faith we know that there is a day in which we will see him face to face. And he will make all things new. He will wipe away every tear and he will heal the nations. And his kingdom will have no end, we say every week. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now with this understanding of verse 8, the rest of this passage falls into place quite clearly. Because you, my brothers and my sisters, we have all been baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. We stand in unity with him. We are unified with him. As Jesus does, so do we. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, members of the same family, siblings, you and I. And this love isn't just for us who gather here in these four walls. We're supposed to open our homes to the stranger, to the one who is lonely, to the one who is in need of fellowship. And I love what the writer of Hebrews says. In doing so, in sharing, in being hospitable to the stranger, God cannot help but send angels our way. He sends angels into our midst. You know, every week we talk about how we lift up our voices and, and join our voices with angels and with archangels, but sometimes they come and join us too. There's a, some, there's a bit of heaven in our Christian hospitality, and it doesn't stop there. We enter into the solidarity of those who suffer especially brothers and sisters who are imprisoned on account of their loyalty to Jesus. When they suffer, we suffer. And Christ's love isn't excluded to just our public affection, but our private affections as well. As a witness of Christ's love for the church, he expects marriage to be kept pure. He cares what we do with our bodies. And when, we, when love is in disarray at home, 
the fellowship of God's people is in jeopardy as well. And the same is true when it comes to our love of money. Be content with what God has given you, the writer says. Your safety comes from the Lord, not from possessions. And then finally, remember your leaders. Now note here that he defines who a leader is. Someone who speaks the word of God to you. To you, who actually talks to you because they know your name. They know who you are. Today we have a lot of virtual leaders, a lot of virtual mentors. But a true leader, a spiritual leader, is one who speaks to you who knows your struggles and is able to connect the word of God to what you are dealing with now. You are a name, a person to your leaders. And if your mentor, director, if your pastor is not speaking the word of God to you, then he or she is not a leader. And also we are able to consider, or we are supposed to consider our leaders by the outcome of their lives. If the walk doesn't match the talk, that's not your leader. Find a new one. Their life should, have full, should be um, full of godliness. So keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do you know what I love especially about this passage? The first two words, keep on. Keep on. You see, this is a church that's already doing it. This is a church that is already being witnessed to the consistent Christ. Keep on doing it, says the author, Endure, press on, keeping centered on the never-changing, always loving, blood-flowing, grace-abounding, enduring, and faithful Jesus Christ. Keep on, he says. So some of you have extremely chaotic lives. I've heard some of your stories. I know where some of you stand right now. Maybe you've had uh, moody, unpredictable parents. Or maybe you had loved ones who've completely betrayed you. Maybe that man who I mentioned at the, at the beginning of my sermon is, reminds you of a monster who you've encountered face-to-face before. Maybe your health is in disarray. Maybe your career has always been changing. Well, I have good, friend, good news for you, friends. Jesus Christ never changes. His love never fails. He gave his life for you. And he brings you into a family shaped by love, protection, hospitality, and peace. And his kingdom will have no end. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.